0: I want to read for a scripture reading this morning in the Old Testament, the book of Nahum. Uh, And you can turn back there and read uh, for just a moment. So it's not uh, too terribly far from the end of the the Old Testament, five or six books. You can turn towards the the end of the Old Testament uh, to the book of Nahum. uh, And you can mark there uh, the very first chapter. And then I want you to turn on into the New Testament, the book of 2 Peter. Uh, Again, the book of 2 Peter chapter 3. So if you brought your Bibles and you want to read with us in the book of Nahum... Uh, chapter 1 and mark that place uh, and then go over into our first reading this morning uh, is going to come from the book of Second uh, Peter chapter 3 uh, I'm going to read to you two verses if I may here in just a second so mark Nahum chapter 1 uh, and let's begin this morning in the book of Second Peter chapter uh, 3 and let's skip on down to the 8th verse and I want you to listen to the 8th and the 9th verse if you will but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. One thing he said, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. Turn back to the book of Nahum, chapter 1, for just a minute. We talk about this morning here in Second Peter about God does not want any to perish, but all would come to repentance and get remission of sin. That's what God desires of people. But let's think about the character of God this morning. The character of God is, God is not trying to sneak anything upon anybody. He's trying to warn. Let me ask you this. Do you believe in warnings that God sends? I believe in that. When I say the character of God, I want you to think about what's going to happen here in the book of Nahum chapter 1. And I want to skip down and we're going to read some more verses in a minute. But I want to read if I can uh, in that third verse. You want to talk about the character of God? The Lord is slow to anger and great in power. And will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord hath His way in the whirlwind, and in the storm, and the clouds are the dust of His feet. If you want to go back and read what I read to you there, being in the very beginning in the second feeder, the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, but His long-suffering, uh, as some men count slackness, but His long-suffering to usward not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. We want to talk about the character of Job this morning, or excuse me, the character of God. We often do talk about the patience of Job. But let me ask you this. Have you ever thought about the patience of God? Now I want you to think about that for a minute. When we talk about the patience of Job, we think about all that he endured, his faithfulness not to waver from God, and to continue to wait patiently on God to work in a life. Let me ask you this. Have you ever thought about the patience of God? The Assyrians were a great hindrance to the people of Judah. Now, if you want to go back, and if you're a history person, you can probably give some guidance on that. But if you want to go back and read how mean and cruel the Assyrians were, folks, these were not just slanderous people. They were a violent people. They were a hurtful people. And they were very, very uh, much a great enemy to God's people. Now in saying that, you would think that that God would just slay the enemies and let his people be free. Notice these words that Nahum is going to speak. Nahum just means comfort. That's what his name actually means. His name means comfort. So why is it today that Nahum is not speaking comfort to the people of Judah? God is sending a message to the Assyrians that should bring them comfort. And listen to this again. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power. When I think about the character of people or I think about attributes that people have, I look at them and what they possess and think, that cannot be easy. Let me give you an example of what I mean by that. I can be given a picture and I can be given a paper and I can be given the fanciest pencils and you can tell me to draw something and I'm going to tell you, it's going to look hideous. It's going to be awful because I don't have that ability and when I see somebody else possess that, I marvel at a gift that they have. I see people that are patient and I think, Lord, I know that can't be easy for them to be patient. Can you look at God today and see something in God that is different from everybody else? God today had the absolute greatest reason by which to strike the Assyrians down, but to the Assyrians' fortune, you might even say. Notice what he said. The Lord is slow to anger. Folks, whether you know it or not this morning, whether you're here this morning or whether somebody's out in society today, they need to know this. They need to be thankful that God is slow to anger. You and I know what happens when we get angry. We get frustrated and you might even say we overreact. Folks, when it comes to sin, God is not going to overreact. God is going to deal justly in that. And that's what he's trying to tell the Assyrians through Nahum here. He's given this message. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power. You see, the name of God or the character of God is, is sometimes can be given a bad rap or a bad name or a bad idea. People want to think bad about God. Well, God, why would you allow this to happen? Well, God, why aren't you intervening there? Or God, I need this in my life and it's not happening. You need to understand the character of God is not a bad thing. The character of God is the Lord is slow to anger. Aren't you glad this morning that God is patient with us in a time which He can strike us down? And He can. And I believe that God controls us. And He, and he talks about in the latter part of that verse that, that He controls the winds and the storms and the clouds are but under His feet. And we may talk about that in a minute. But you see today, God is reminding us ever so gently today that He is in control. But you know what? Not everybody's believing in that. Not everybody believes that the Lord is slow to anger. It doesn't mean that the Lord doesn't have anger. I want you to process this for just a minute. Never in the scripture does it say that the Lord does not have anger and He's going to punish or that justice is going to happen to sin. It just means He's delaying it as long as He can. You and I have a phrase that we say, Enough's enough. I'm tired of this. Let's just get this over with. You see, with God, what if He looked down on this earth right now and said, enough is enough. I am finished. I am tired. I'm not dealing with these sinful people anymore. And He said, that's it. Folks today, are you glad this morning that the Lord is slow to anger? There's a comma right there. In great in power. I hope that every human being takes note of that that God has the power that he is yet to unleash on what he's going to do to sin. Folks, that's what hell is. I'll go ahead and say I believe in that, the punishment of hell, but the fullness has not happened of it yet. And we read about that in the book of Revelation and what it's going to be like. But we see this morning that God, through Nahum, is telling the Assyrians the simple fact of the Lord is slow to anger and he is great in power. You know, this morning I do believe that uh, Sodom was not going to perish until Lot was, was a part of her. I don't believe that Nineveh was going to perish at the very wrath of God until uh, that, that Jonah went in and preached unto her that she needed to repent. I don't believe that God was going to send a flood until yet Noah had a message that the people needed to believe and the wrath of God was coming and they needed to do that. So my point is, do you believe that God gives us warnings that He is real? Oh, yes, we do. And I I don't know of anything that gets people's attention more than what I would call just natural events. Hurricanes, tornadoes, and earthquakes, and all these natural events, they get people's attention. But yet, isn't it amazing that very shortly after some disastrous event, that people just go back out into the ways of the world, and notice what he said, the Lord is slow to anger, and He is great in power. This morning I'm thankful for Nahum and what he reminds us is that God is full of grace and mercy. We talk about this pretty frequently here and I believe we should always be reminded. Folks, what would your life be like? What would your morning be like without God's grace and mercy? If it was just the power of God, not what he's saying here, slow to anger. If it was just the power of God and not the mercy and the grace of God, what would your morning be like right now? What would your day be like? What would your life be like? I can tell you what eternity would be like if it were not for grace and mercy. Your eternity would be hell. That's exactly what it would be. Your eternity would be the very fiery pits of a flame that that would not consume you, but it would cause pain and infliction upon you because God has to deal with sin. But Nahum comes along to the Syrians and he reminds them, not just the wrath of God, but he says that the Lord is slow to anger. We're saved this morning because notice what he said. The Lord is slow to anger. Let's go back and read the beginning of that Nahum chapter 1 for just a minute. In very first verse. The burden of Nineveh. This is talking about the people of Nineveh here. He's not going to cause anything to happen until he warns them. The book of the vision of Nahum, the Elkishite. God is jealous. Now, when we talk about jealous there, that's not a, a human imperfection. It's about God desiring for you to have one way in your life. Jealous people is one way means it needs to be their way or they want that one way for themselves. God has designed a long time ago, there's one way to heaven. And if there's anybody that carries the title of being able to have that idea that there's only one way, God holds that title. God can say there's only one way and he don't want you to do any other way other than his way, folks. You cannot get to heaven any other way than God's way, which is through His Son, Jesus Christ. He is a jealous God. And these, the Assyrians, they had this idea of their, their, their majesty and their power and even their, 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 their carnal intellect, how much they could build. There was such a fear of the Assyrians for hundreds of miles because they were big, they were powerful, and they were strong. But you know what? I believe one that's bigger and powerful and stronger. I believe that God is stronger than all. And here everybody was afraid of the Syrians and God said, you know what? These people that are afraid of the Syrians, the Syrians need to be afraid of God because there's always somebody else that we are subject to answer to. Remember what we read to you there in the book of 2 Peter, that God is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. God is warning Not just the ones that were afraid of the Syrians. He's warning the Syrians themselves. You need to realize that God is slow to anger and great in power. So God is jealous. And the Lord revengeth. The Lord revengeth and is furious. That means He avenges things. The Lord will take vengeance on the adversaries. And He reserveth wrath for His enemies. It belongs to God. The Lord is slow to anger, and great in power, and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord hath His way in the whirlwind, and the storm, and the clouds, with the dust of His feet. He rebuketh the sea. He maketh it dry, and dry up, up all the rivers. Bashan languisheth, and Carmel, uh, and the flower of Lebanon languisheth. The mountains quake at Him, and the hills melt. The earth is buried at His presence, yea, the world and all that dwell therein. Who can stand before his indignation? Who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like a fire, and the rocks are thrown down by him. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. Folks, today, God is our protection, God's our comfort. Notice what he talks about here. He says, the Lord, I'm going back to our, our reading again. The Lord is slow to anger. When a person gets angry, the word anger there comes from, it, it means like breathing or nostrils. In other words, when, when people get angry, they start huffing and they start puffing. You know what, today God's not being manipulated to get angry that He's going to... When you, when you get angry, I hope you will agree with me when I say this, it's easy to overreact. Nowhere is God ever going to be accused of overreacting about the severeness of sin. It's not like God's going to overreact, folks. God is going to be very fair in what He's doing with sin. Hell is not unjust for anybody. God's going to take care of that. That's why it says He is the avenger of that. But He goes on to say, He says, "A great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked." Now, the word "acquit" just means there's nobody exempt from punishment. Let me ask you this. Is there a human being that roams this earth, regardless of their class or their status that they are in life, is there anybody that is exempt from the anger of God? Folks, every one of us are one day going to face the wrath of God. And that's why we need Jesus. Without Jesus, we're not going to escape the wrath of God. And he says that uh, he says, and he will not at all acquit the wicked. Not only does it mean that they are exempt, but it also means they don't have an obligation to that. You know what obligation means, don't you? Obligation means you're required or you're, uh, you're, you're responsible for something. You're obligated to it. You're committed to it. Folks, today you are born committed to hell. I don't know if that really sounds right or not, but you were born committed to hell. That's where God's grace comes in. Grace means He takes away that which you deserve. Mercy is where He gives you something you do not deserve. Folks, if it were not for God's grace and mercy, if it were not for God saying, the Lord is slow to anger. I'm glad today to go that God is merciful to to us as His children, that God is merciful to us as human beings, and that He desires to extend that to us if we would just heed the path and that drawing power of His Holy Spirit. I want to turn back to the book of Exodus chapter 34 for just a minute. I want you to ask yourself, what does Moses think about God? What does Moses think about God? Let's read here Exodus chapter 34, and I want to go back and read in verse 1. And the Lord said unto Moses, Hew thee. Two tables of stone, like unto the first, and I will write upon the tables the words that were in the first tables, which thou breakest. The law had been broken. He says, I'm going to rewrite it. He says, give me the stones. I'm going to write upon them. Be ready in the morning and come up in the morning unto Mount Sinai. In other words, you've got to be subjective to God and present thyself there to me in the top of the mount. No man shall come up with thee. So if you want to see God's telling Moses... If you want to see my plans or my wishes for you, we've got to get all alone just between me and you. Folks, today I believe in this. For a person to ever be saved, they have to get all alone with God. You can be saved in a gathering of a thousand people or a million people, but your heart will be all alone with God. It's between you and God. You're not worried about anybody else. You're not depending on anybody else. You don't need anybody else. It is strictly between you and God. He said, I want you to come up to the mount. No man can come with me. Let no man either see me throughout all the mount. Neither let the flocks nor herds feed before that mount. So what did Moses do? He took God at his word. And he hewed out two tables of stone like unto the first in the morning. And Moses rose early in the morning, went up to the Mount Sinai, and as the Lord had commanded him, and took in his hand the two tables of stone. And the Lord descended in the cloud. You won't talk about a meeting with the Lord Have you ever had a meeting in your life when the Lord began to write upon not just the tablets in your hand, but the tablet of your heart that we read about? The tablet of your heart. Have you ever had the Lord write upon the tablet of your heart? And notice what He did. He went up and the Lord commanded him. He took His hand to the table and the Lord descended to the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. Read that sixth verse. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed... Moses knew that God was being very kind to him. The Lord, the God, merciful and gracious. Moses knew that God, Because remember why he had to break the table? Because the people had turned to all the golden idols and Moses had to come down and he said, What are you doing? You're turning to a golden calf and these idols and God's not pleased with that. So what did God do instead of consuming everyone? He gives them away. And you see today, instead of God just consuming all of us, His human beings in hell, He provides a way in Moses. And I pray that every one of us can say like Moses, that the Lord, the Lord God, He's merciful and gracious. He's long-suffering. If I told you that God has given you goodness, how many of you would agree to that? How many of you can say, Amen, yes, God's been good to me. But let's read that in its fullness. And abundant in goodness. This morning, today, the Assyrians need to know that God was not just being kind, He was being abundantly kind. Not only is God being uh, kind and slow to anger, He's being abundantly slow to anger. You and I might kind of call this a snail's pace. Folks, this is God's pace. When we talk about the attributes of God, think about how patient God is. Let me ask you something. Is there anybody here that just gets disgruntled and aggravated and a little downtrodden at the condition the world's gotten in? The acceptance of all the things that goes on in the world and sometimes I just want to stop and look around saying, Lord, how long are you going to let these things happen? But yet God is still, as as Naom began to read there, He is slow to anger. But in all of this, Moses began to write, he says, The Lord today, He is abundant in goodness and truth. You see, today I believe that God is is very abundant in His power. I believe that He's very slow, and I believe that He's going to take care of things in His timetable. You and I today, the more we see, the more aggravated we get. Let me go ahead and add this real quick. Technology has brought a lot of things to our forefront, and we can see a lot of things with technology. I don't have to elaborate on that. I think you all understand that. Think about the things that God sees. Folks, we don't see everything. There's no way. We don't see every island. We don't see every person. We don't see everything that happens. We're not seeing every home. We're not seeing every, every office. We don't see everything. And we especially don't see the hearts of a man. And I often think about Isaiah 1 and 18. Come now and let us reason together. You see, we sin against God. God sees all the filthiness about us and all the wrongfulness about us and He says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be a scarlet. You have chastised me. You have sinned against me. You have turned me away. You have rejected me. You've done all these things and yet He says, Come. Why don't you come to me? I know you've been mean to me. I know you've rejected me. I know you've turned me away but I want you to come. You won't talk about the character of God. You want to talk about impeccable character. It's somebody that loves us that much that we can slap Him, we can mock Him, we can spit at Him. He can hang on a cross and He can still say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That is love today. The character of God is when He had a time that He can unleash His wrath, He still extends grace and mercy. And notice what he said. He says, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. He said, I'm going to make a change in you. He said, and though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. But notice what we read here in our text. In Nahum chapter 1, it says, The Lord is slow to anger and great in power. How powerful is God in your life. I think we can probably all sit here and talk about in six days all the millions of species that God created, all, all of the, 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 every, the thing the way it is now. Let me just say that. The birds that, are in, that we see in the trees and all the, uh, the, 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 the fish that are in the sea, God created all of those things. He created life and vegetation. All those things that God created in six days. But I want to think about how high of a miracle that is. Let me ask you this. What miracles does God create for you every single day? Do you think God made a way for you to come to church this morning? Did God make a way that you could hear His Word? Did God provide for you something in your life every single day? Not only did God provide me a chance to come to church, He provided me His Son in Jesus Christ that would deliver me out of the sin I'm in. He provided a, a, a character about Him that He was slow to anger. Here I was. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Scott for a minute. I was a member of the church, but I was as a sinful person as you can imagine because I was not a saved individual. I didn't do bad things. I just did sinful things and it didn't bother me. You see, I look at God and I think, God, why did you not just take my life? I was being slanderous to you. I was living a life that was a slander to the church. I was doing things that were not glorifying to you, but I didn't belong unto Him. Folks, I can tell you this morning with great assurity, God was slow to anger with me. God had every reason to cast me into hell because I was a sinner. Not because I was a baptized sinner, but it's because I was a person that had a sinful nature that did not have the blood of Jesus. That's what made me a sinner. You today, we're all in that same category that the Lord is slow to anger and He is great in power. Not only can God cause all these storms that we're going to talk about, but you see, God can take them away too. I believe that... Let's just talk about that for a second. He said He controls the whirlwind. Notice what He said. And in the storm. Folks, today God can bring storms. But don't think that God is just the creator of the storms. He's also the remover and the deliverer from storms. Sometimes He'll remove the storms. Sometimes He gives you a shelter in the storm, doesn't He? This morning I want to shout just a glory. Hallelujah, Lord. Not just thank You that there's no storms. I thank You when there is a storm, I've got a shelter. And that shelter is Jesus Christ. The first storm that we know of, that that rains for the first time begin to ascend. There was an ark that people could get in to be safe, And that was Noah's ark. It wasn't Noah's ark. It was an ark designed by God, built by Noah. But aren't you glad today that we've got a person in Jesus Christ that we can be a part of and we can find safety from the storms? The whirlwinds, as he called them. He says, the whirlwind and the storm and the clouds are the dust of his feet. Notice what he's saying here. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power. What has God created for you in your life? What has God created for you? That there, there, there God has created jobs and opportunities and people and churches and, 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 and all kinds of things God has used in our life. But you know what? There were names in our life that came along and said, You know what? You're in a dangerous place. You're like the Assyrians. God is not pleased with you. God is going to send His wrath. But God is slow to anger and He is great in power. And He goes on to say, Will not at all acquit the wicked. You know, our society wants to call evil good. But you know, just because a society may say that something's right doesn't mean that God says it's right. The character of God, and when we talk about the character of God is, God is not going with what the popular choice is. God's not going with who the, the, the right party would be or whatever God, God is saying this is in accordance to his wishes and his wills, and folks, there is nothing else to deviate that is acceptable to God. We must abide by Him. Notice what He says in that third chapter, or excuse me, third verse, and notice what he says in the seventh verse. The Lord is good. A stronghold. You and I today, we cannot be good outside of the holiness of God. You and I cannot be. We get filled up with our own things and we become like the prodigal son. He, he says, okay, I'm filled up. I don't need God. I don't need my father. So I'm going to go and I'm going to try to live this life without my father. He found out later on he needed his father. And we see here in the, in the uh, third verse and even that seventh verse, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knoweth them that trust in Him the closer you are to God the more you're going to desire to be even closer to Him is there such a thing as getting too close you can get too close to electricity or too close to some really strong running water or too close to a hot stove but can you get too close to God Is it possible for us to say, you know what, I don't need God right now. I think I need to take a step back and I just need to get a deep breath. Folks, today, we always need to keep getting closer and closer and closer to God. God has the power, and as he said there, because he's not going to quit the wicked, he's going to draw us to him. For the Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. Man, we think that God has lost control, don't we? Well, sometimes you'll see a kid running around or you'll see somebody in a store somewhere and you're thinking, man, those parents have lost control. You may look around the world today and think, God's lost control. Folks, let me tell you, He controls every cloud that's in the sky right now. Have you ever had one of those moments? I think it just happened the other day. It was like a big, large percent chance of rain and about four raindrops fell out of the sky. That was it. You know, God knows every raindrop that falls out of the clouds. Folks, I want to tell you something I deeply believe. God has not lost control. God is still on the throne. I believe in that. I believe in that. That's a deep conviction that I have this morning. The character of God is, He's not lost control. He's not given up. He is being slow to anger. That's what He is. He's being slow to anger and He's being merciful to us. For the psalmist tells us in the book of Psalms in the 76th division of Psalm and the 10th verse says this, Surely the wrath of man shall praise thee. The remainder of wrath shalt thou restrain. You see, God today, when you you read this in Psalms chapter 76, regardless of how many people oppose Him, He still desires to lift them out. It's easy for, for you to want to rescue somebody, and they push you away. Think about it like this. Somebody falls down, you extend their arm, and they push your arm away. How easy was it be to say, Okay, if you don't want my help, I'm going to let you lay there. Folks, we push God away. And then He reaches down again. We push God away and finally God in His strength, He don't ask for our hand anymore. He just reaches down, He picks us up. And we never would have made it without Him. Folks, God can do things even when we tell Him not to do it. And I'm glad He does. Folks, God's never done anything to you in your life that was a disjustice to you. Whatever God's done for you is to make your life better. God wants to make your life better. He is being slow to anger and He has the power. He has the power to fight against your hand that's pushing Him away to reach down and pick you up. He'll set you down and then He can give you the strength you need so you don't fall. He'll send you on a long life's journey. I'm glad today that when we talk about the character of God that He is able to do these things. He says that the clouds are the dust of His feet. When we think about all that God does, I cannot go out here and tell these clouds to move a little bit more to the west. Maybe come out of the north. And sometimes I'll sit there and look at a flagpole of the trees and I kind of see the way the wind's blowing. I see the clouds blowing. I can't control the wind. I might wish the wind would blow out of the uh, north sometimes on a hot summer day or maybe out of the south on a cold winter day. But you know what? I can't go out here and make the wind go. But they often marveled at Jesus that he could just speak and the winds in the sea obeyed his command. You see today, God controls every single cloud. And that's not a, that's a miraculous feat to us. But that's just the nature and the character of God. He has the ability to do that. Let me ask you this. If God can make the clouds pass by, if God can send the whirlwinds that we might know, and, and I, here in rural West Tennessee, we, we, we live in what we call Tornado Alley. People are trying to study the storms and how they move and when they're going to form and when they're going to get down. And You know what? God's already in every single thing that happens. And I believe God knows exactly all about them. We try to estimate after they're over with, maybe how strong something was or where all it went. You know what? Before it ever happens, God is already there. And God said He wants to use these things to wake up the Assyrians and saying, whatever's going on in your life, wake up. Wake up. I'm, being lo- uh, I'm loving you and I'm being slow to anger and I'm being great in power. If these things, all these whirlwinds and all these events or as he said there, the dust of his feet, what is he himself then? If that's his feet, these clouds, you and I, if, if, I wish we could just open up a, a, a skylight here this morning and open it up and see the clouds as they pass by. If those are but the feet of God, what is God himself? Science is exploring and they're finding out more and more uh, galaxies and they're, they're, they're exploring more. But the thing is, is that God's even above all of those things. We serve a mighty God, and I'm telling you the magnitude of God because I want you to think about your needs in your life. Do you think God can change them? I believe he said here that he is and great in power. I believe that God is great in power. I believe he sent a warning to the Assyrians to be ready. But I want to read to you 2nd Peter chapter 3, and I'm going to hush But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years of one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise. He said, one of these days it's all going to be over. As some men count slackness, but He says He is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Today, I believe that that, that Peter is saying it here, and I believe God does not want very plainly and clearly anybody to face his wrath. But that doesn't mean they're not going to. It's just that his will is not that they would. I believe people are going to hell today, but it's not because God willed for them or desired for them to do that. It's because they didn't believe in his power. This morning, if there's anybody here that hears my voice, and maybe the character of God has gotten a bad name. Maybe God's, you don't think God is as good as what you, 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 that he could be. i tell you this, God's everything you could ever imagine. And he is right now slow to anger and great in power and will in all all acquit the wicked. Folks, God's not going to overlook things. He's going to continue to extend his grace and mercy. I want us to get a song here this morning.